everybody. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast. My name is Matthew. I am your host. I hope you are all doing well out there. If my voice sounds a little bit more sultry than it usually does, it is because there is a good chance that I am the temporary owner of the virus that ruined the only year that any of us will have the chance to experience Cinco de Mayo being on a Tuesday and Halloween happening on a Saturday. Don't be concerned. I feel relatively okay and all that jazz, but if you hear me wheezing, breathing a little heavier, coughing, or sniffing more than usual, unfortunately it is not due to spending an afternoon in Pete Davidson's hotel room. I'm also super fatigued and worn out so you might hear that in my voice but i am here and we're gonna do the damn thing all right we're gonna get this shit going i actually want to use the whole covid thing as a bookend to jump right into the episode because i want to talk about this last year and for me 2022 started with getting COVID for the first time back in January, and it hit me hard. This time, it sucks, but the first time, it was a motherfucker. I was really dizzy. I could barely stand up. My back hurt, so I was laying on the floor a bunch. My throat was in excruciating pain. I sounded like a demon. The whole experience felt very Pentecostal. I mean, I'm guessing. I've never actually been to a Pentecostal church, but I hear it's one of the more wilder times you can have while you're completely sober. I was on my ass for over a week, and there was about a day or day and a half where I couldn't breathe for shit, and I started getting a little concerned. It wasn't like a re-listen to my favorite version of Knock It On Heaven's Door concerned, But I started thinking about looking up which hospitals around me had a COVID wing with Wi-Fi so I wouldn't miss any episodes of Peacemaker. Which is a great fucking show, but it may not even matter at this point because I'm not entirely sure what the fuck is going on with all the DC movies. I've had several women and a couple of gay dudes reach out to me this last week very distraught about what happened to Henry Cavill and I want you to know that I am just as beside myself as you are. I have a lot of emotions. They are running very high and I do not know where to put them. Let me unpack the situation out for you confidence-filled extroverts who are foolishly wasting your time leaving your house to build relationships with real people instead of waiting at home alone in the dark to watch movies and shows so you can fake relationships with fictional characters. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that James Gunn, writer and director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, took over as the honcho overseeing all the DC movies and shows and video games and whatever the hell else they're going to put out. He's not necessarily writing or directing all of them. He is writing and directing a new Superman movie, which I'll get to in a second. But he's the one who is mapping out the overall story arc for the universe that they're going to build. He tweeted that he was finished outlining the story arc for for all the movies. And then, before you know it, Gunn is canceling previously announced DC movies like they were entitled white businessmen in their 50s who dropped an N-bomb in a conference call. In an instant, Wonder Woman 3, which was previously announced and in active development, was gone. And then, a day or two later, came the big hammer drop. Henry Cavill, 
less than two months after his return as Superman was out. Now, picture, if you will, the idea of fucking firing Superman. (laughs) How in the Kryptonian world does anyone have the stones big enough to actually have that conversation? Those are some wipeout obstacle course size balls that James Gunn has. I don't know where to put any of the feelings that I have about it. I'm a big fan of Gunn taking over and being in charge of all the movies, and I am along for the ride. And he definitely has to make the whole thing his own. There's really not much of like a course correction that can be done with the particular Henry Cavill version of Superman at this point. Gunn kind of has to start from scratch. You have two good friends break up, which is kind of what's going on here, right? You've got two good friends who break up, and you totally get it, but also, fucking now what, right? Cavill left The Witcher to be in Superman, and The Witcher, they got a Hemsworth to take his place. They don't even want him back. Cavill basically moved out of his place and moved in with Gunn, and then Gunn dumped him, and now... A man who was genetically engineered from thousands of wet dreams to play James Bond is going to star in a fucking Warhammer series on Amazon Prime. Here is also where I am torn. I love how much of a genuine nerd Henry Cavill legitimately is. If you don't know, look it up. The man built his own computer. He plays D&D, but I personally fucking hate Warhammer. I am not bagging on any of you virgins still living in your parents' basement who like it, but he is going to be the friend who got dumped and ends up doing a bunch of things that he has no business doing to try to get over the whole breakup, and he is going to lose a lot of self-respect because of it and realize later down the line that he should have made better choices, and oh my fucking God, I officially relate to Henry Cavill so much that I might start referring to my mother as Martha. James Gunn is going to be the friend in the breakup that takes the high road and is better off for it. He is writing and probably directing a new Superman movie. But also, there is a finished Aquaman sequel. A finished Flash movie with several Batmen in it. And, to a far lesser extent, Ezra Miller. And Gunn himself wrote the last Suicide Squad movie. And he wrote Peacemaker. Also... The Rock is a factor in this situation, and ask Vin Diesel what it's like getting on The Rock's bad side. It's one thing to sack Henry Cavill, but who in their right mind is going to walk away from anything involving Jason Momoa without a shirt on? And lastly, you guys can fucking cancel me like I'm a DC movie if you have a problem with me threatening my own dog, but if James Gunn stops Margot Robbie from being Harley Quinn again, as the almighty herself is my witness, I will barbecue my new puppy and I will not remotely feel bad about it. I have lost count of the number of times my new dog has looked me dead in the eye while taking a giant steaming shit right on the carpet in my office with 
confidence. And don't give me that whole she's still a baby argument. She is at least part Jack Russell. So she's a smart dog. She is just fucking with me. I will boil her in a pot like Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction if he takes Margot Robbie out of those outfits and away from me. Jennifer Lawrence went and lost points with all of us when she got on her bullshit about being the first female to lead an action movie. Margot is all I have. Actually, you know what? I just remembered the Joker sequel with Joaquin Phoenix started filming and they've released a bunch of pictures of Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn and she looks fucking great. So maybe it'll all be okay as long as I can get my dog to stop shitting on the carpet. I finished watching Wednesday which shouldn't surprise anyone at all. The story ended up being fine, predictable, I didn't care. The style was fucking awesome. The cast was fantastic, and I have never been so goddamn sure that a TV show is going to get a second season in my entire fucking life. I don't know why they are even trying to make the end of the first season ambiguous. I will put every penny i've got into that show getting a second season just fucking announce it already netflix has gotten a lot of shit in 2022 for how much garbage content they've put out this year which is hard to argue but i feel like i owe it to netflix to give the argument a shot because i don't pay for their streaming I am a sign out of all devices click away from basically not having a podcast anymore. So I, I think I think I owe it to Netflix to, to give it a college try. Yes, they put out a lot of stuff. Yes, a lot of it is trash. But it isn't just limited to Netflix. Everyone is putting out a lot of content. And statistically, most content that has always been put out is trash. There's a few winners. There's a whole lot of losers. But also, they have put out some fucking gems more than anyone else streaming-wise this year. In 2022 alone, we got the last season of Ozark, which was a solid effort with a shitty ending. Kind of like a blowjob that turns into a handjob at the end. But it's still a handjob, and it could have been nothing. You will meet no man who will turn down a hand job. It's just not at the top of the list. Like we have said a few times on this podcast, the top of the list is not the only part of the list that matters. We got The Witcher with shirtless Henry Cavill. We got season two of Bridgerton. We got season four of Stranger Things that became such a phenomenon that it made two separate 40-year-old songs, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush and My Beloved Master of Puppets by Metallica, both songs reached number one again because of Stranger Things. We got The Sandman this year. We got The Watcher this year. Love is Blind and The Circle. I don't really like either one of those. But my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, likes to watch trash almost as much as she loves to marry it. And she loves those. We got Dahmer and Wednesday, which also made my music snobbiness, which is not a word, and I shouldn't be using it, but I'm gonna fucking use it, my music snobbiness rear its ugly head with that gothy fucking dance scene. First of all, it proves goths can absolutely dance when needed, something I've been saying for years to fucking nobody, but also I get to talk to a new generation of weirdos about the cramps who I love with all of my little black heart. They're Movies, Netflix, are less great. 
than the shows. But they've got a few gems in there. I am excited to see how much of a thing Glass Onion is going to be when it starts streaming in a couple of days. My fingers are crossed because that movie was a fucking masterpiece. My main bullet point for this segment, Netflix isn't outright choosing to put out a lot of garbage. There just happens to be a lot of fucking garbage out there. Overall, it's still one of the best bangs for the buck when it comes to streaming platforms, or so I'm told. The price I'm paying for it myself is actually just perfect. All right, so none of us can talk about 2022 without talking about the whole Will Smith thing. So let's just knock this out and get it out of the way. The whole fucking thing pisses me off. I'm pissed off at Will for spending two decades trying to win an Academy Award, and then the night it finally happens, he completely blows it. Pop quiz for any of you smarty pants out there. Have you ever heard of the play our American cousin. It was the play that Abraham Lincoln went to see when he got assassinated. Next question, semi-related. Can you name the movie Will Smith won the Academy Award for an hour after he slapped Chris Rock? Nobody is going to remember that movie or his performance in it. Do you think that Will felt better after slapping Chris? Will's got three kids. What kind of example do you think that set for them? A lot of people said that it was Jada's fault, that she's toxic. Maybe she is. She's very publicly thrown Will under the bus a few times, that's for sure. However, none of us are close enough to their relationship to make that kind of judgment call. Also, as someone who has been with many toxic women, I have dated girls who are walking bottles of cyanide with big tits and daddy issues. What I have learned is that each of us is responsible for our own inner harmony. Whether it's choosing to handle that other possibly toxic person, choosing to grow with them, or choosing to remove them from your life, ultimately, the responsibility falls on you, not them. When a mistake happens, it's easy to blame someone else. It is easy to lie to yourself. Life becomes better for you when you find the fortitude to stop doing that. What Will did was reprehensible, and fuck anyone who has congratulated him for taking action or for standing up for his woman. That is some straight-up toxic bullshit. He's a smart dude. He knew what he was walking into. He knew Chris Rock personally. He knew they were sitting in the front row. He knew there would be jokes. There was almost certainly other things going on, and Will has even admitted that. Unfortunately, he learned the hard way how being impulsive, particularly when it leads to violence, can be a mistake. For further reference, see Mike Tyson in whatever is left of Evander Holyfield's ear. Whatever else was going on at the time, this is what I know. Will Smith, by and large, is a good person. And he has been for his entire career, at least from what I've seen. I've always liked him, so I've followed him pretty closely. As awful as what he did was, there was no lasting pain, no anguish, no physical damage, no grief, no mourning. Chris ate it, and he knew the show must go on. And that slap sold him a metric shit ton of tickets to his latest tour. I think it was Chris who reported it, or I'm completely making it up, that ticket sales for his shows went up like 4,000% after the weekend. I 
Do not like being angry at anything. Being angry is a shitty, useless quality that does absolutely nothing positive for anyone who feels it. Outside of Stallone during that last boxing match of Rocky III, I guess. But I am done being angry at Will Smith. I would hate for the rest of my life to be defined by the worst thing I've ever done. You know? And I didn't even write getting jiggy with it. Speaking of movies... Let me run down a few of my favorite things this year. I don't really have any kind of list, so I'm just going to go in a rough chronological order. Or maybe no order at all. Life is painful chaos. I'm just trying to not get slapped or have anyone take a shit in my bed. Okay, early this year, there was a new Jackass movie. I loved it. I am a lifelong, unapologetic Jackass fan, and that will never change. It hit me right in my nostalgia, and it didn't do anything other than stick to its own story. It is like listening to a Slayer album. You know exactly what you're going to get as part of the package. It was sad not seeing Bam in the movie, and it was the last movie I expected to walk out of crying because of the Ryan Dunn tribute at the end. I hope Bam finds his way to get better, and R.I.P. Dunn. The new Scream movie was a solid fine. I'm a big fan of the original and everyone from that movie that was in the new one is very old and I'm glad they got their checks. The Batman, the Batman movie. Whenever I think about how quickly 2022 flew by, I remind myself that the Matt Reeves Batman movie was released earlier this year and I realize this year kind of has taken a while. It got a lot of instant shit because of the casting, but I was on board with Pattinson from day one. He is a goddamn good actor. Don't talk to me about Twilight. He hates Twilight. I hate Twilight. I hope you hate Twilight. Unless you've seen Good Time or Cosmopolis or The Lighthouse, I'm not interested in your feelings about Robert Pattinson as an actor. You're just thinking about him as a vampire. Now, as a Batman snob, you know what? As just a snob in general, one of the things that has always annoyed the shit out of me about Batman movies is how much they always make the movies about the villains or the action sequences. Batman is known as the world's greatest detective, and the one thing that the movies almost never get right is the story the mystery that needs to get solved, the puzzle. Batman is 100% crime noir, and this movie finally played it that way, and everyone was so fucking good in it. Jeff Wright as Commissioner Gordon, Zoe Kravitz, who was liquid hot as Catwoman, John Turturro, who's one of the most underrated actors in our time as Carmine Falcone, uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler was fucking terrifying, but for me, and I hate to admit this, Colin Farrell stole the whole ass movie as the Penguin. I was fucking shocked. And he's already getting nominated for Banshees of Inishirin. Inishirin? Banshees of Inishirin. I, you know what? I owe everyone a Guinness for completely fucking that up. But that movie is very literally next on my list to watch. Being at home these last couple of days, I've gotten to catch up on a shitload of movies and shows, so I've got a good momentum going. Colin Farrell is 
He's one of those, he's a little douchey, so I hate to admit how good he actually is, but as an actor, he is really fucking good. Don't tell him I said that. He won an Academy Award for In Bruges, which he 100% earned the shit out of. His sex tape, however, would definitely not be certified fresh. If you didn't know he had a sex tape, listen to the rest of this episode, and then go find it, because Colin Farrell easily has the worst pillow talk that I have ever heard in my entire life. Um, All right. Hang on. Where was I? That Irish pronunciation. I kind of lost my place here. Hold on. Let me find my notes. Uh, Oh, Morbius came out this year. I want to talk about everything everywhere all at once. The Doctor Strange multiverse movie was a really good superhero movie. It was a really good horror movie. It was a really good Sam Raimi movie. It was not a very good multiverse movie. The Illuminati scene, for all of you other old school Marvel hoes out there, was a nerdy virgin's goddamn delight. They delivered all the way with that particular scene and that particular cast with those cameos. But otherwise, the whole idea of the multiverse was criminally underused. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was the movie that kind of accidentally grabbed that torch with its hot dog fingers and ran with it. Everything about that movie felt fresh and the approach felt different, more different than anything I've seen like it. I know we just talked about Looper like a week or two ago. Looper as a movie had a very different view on time travel And this movie was like it in that it had a very different view on the multiverse. More than anything, it reminded me of sort of this generation's version of The Matrix. It spent most of the movie not taking itself very seriously, which is always something I look for. I like that. But like The Matrix, the further into the movie you get, the further the movie's head kind of gets up its own ass. But that doesn't stop it from being a fucking event. It is a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, get on it. It has some of the most beautifully choreographed fight scenes that have ever been put on a screen. Speaking of movies being a fucking event, I wonder how many hospital bills Tom Cruise has gotten from 50-year-old dads who accidentally set their massive erections on fire while talking to other 50-year-old dads about Top Gun Maverick while grilling some type of protein. The whole flick was porn for dads who love to grill, fix shit, and listen to Van Halen. There was an aerial dogfight to a Who song and a literally a Can't Drive 55 sticker on a motorcycle. If New Balance shoes didn't have any kind of product placement in that movie, they need to fire their PR team. That Top Gun sequel. Nothing about the math to that movie adds up. A direct sequel decades after the original. Tom Cruise's star power is not, well, wasn't very awesome. It was delayed several times because of COVID. I seriously thought that the movie was going to show up in the theater and be gone by lunchtime might be my favorite movie of the year. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. That movie was a fucking masterpiece. I literally can't fucking believe how good it was. And that brings us to the first couple episodes of my shit show podcast, where I 
talk about Thor and Nope and kind of pick up on the rest of the year from there movie-wise. So I don't want to go over it again. That'd be kind of redundant. If you haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes, I guess I'm supposed to encourage you to do that. But also, even at this point, a few months later, those first couple episodes are probably cringy as fuck for me. Go listen to them. You should go listen to them because, I mean, honestly, because I need the hits. And I do have a few zingers hidden in there. All right, let's do best and worst of the week. For best of the week, I have the winning birthday blunt rotation. I have the winner. I'm about to read it to you. I've still been receiving entries, and this latest one that I got has so much irony attached to it, you guys are going to choke on your bong water. The top tier birthday blunt rotation was submitted to me by a listener who has never smoked weed, who has no desire to smoke weed. And as much as that might hurt some of you potheads to hear, it is going to be so much worse as I get to this list. First person, you guys are going to fucking die. First person on the list is Sir Patrick Stewart, Captain Jean-Luc Picard himself, Professor Charles Xavier, classically trained Shakespearean actor of stage and screen, an all-around wonderful, sweet, and charming raconteur. He is first on the list. Next to Patrick Stewart, we have Harrison fucking Ford, Indiana fucking Jones, Han fucking Solo, the fucking fugitive, Can I get any clearer at the badassery? Harrison Ford is an old, crotchety, hysterical man who doesn't take himself or anything around him seriously at all. Those two alone hit me square in the heart of my daddy issues, and I am not even halfway done. Next to Harrison Ford, we have Cheech Marin. The OG, the Vato with the bony knees coming down the street with no shoes on his feet. Half of the original stoner duo, Up in Smoke, you guys, Up in Smoke is the fucking classic. A few get close, but nothing touches it. And then after fucking Cheech Marin, we have Ken Jong. Now, some of you cucks might know Ken Jong from The Hangover or The Masked Singer, but all you real human beings know him as Ben Chang from one of the greatest TV shows of all time, Community. Also, he is an actual bona fide fucking doctor. So there's that. And then rounding out the last two is first Cameron Crowe, former writer for Rolling Stone, toured with rock bands in the 70s. He wrote and directed Almost Famous, Singles, Jerry Maguire, Vanilla Sky, Say Anything. Oh, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And then, of course, there is always that left turn at the end of the rotation, right? And this one is no different. That left turn to finish the circle is... Julius Caesar, who might be a really weird person to have in the group, but that's okay because I love his salads. Keep in mind that the listener with this rotation never smoked, doesn't want to. I think I can hear all of you crying right now, and I am right there with you. 
Oh, by the way, for last week's Gold Star question, the Christmas movie that you guys can't stand. I had a few one-offs of things here and there. It's a Wonderful Life and a Christmas Story and a couple other things. But the movie that by far got the most hate from all of you beautiful people was Elf. You were right there with me about not being a fan. And I'd like to take this opportunity to tell my beautiful wife to suck my ass. For worst of the week, Twitch. So you think you can dance? Ellen DeGeneres' talk show, crowd man, hype man, hosted his own show, husband, father, suicide. Now, I am going to do what I told you I would do two weeks ago. What I hoped I wouldn't have to do again so fucking soon. I'm going to talk about depression. I'm going to talk about suicide. Two things I would dare say I am comfortable in. And I'm not doing this to punish you because someone killed themselves. It is because as someone living with those thoughts and those feelings every day, I believe we aren't having enough of the right conversations. People will often say that suicide is the most selfish thing that someone can do. That might be true. I'm not objective enough for my opinion to mean too much in that particular situation. But I can tell you that a lot of times when I have been in that place, it doesn't feel selfish to me. In my head, it feels like I'm doing everyone a favor by taking myself out of the equation. What I want to say this week is that life is fucking hard, especially for complex people who have a lot going on inside their heads already. Having to add what is going on outside of their heads to the mix makes it even fucking harder. Remember where you were. Remember how you were. Remember who you were on the hardest day of your life. There are people out there that are living in the same world breathing the same air as you who are having that day or one close to it. Be the person that you needed on that day. It's so much more fulfilling for everyone involved to give someone flowers to show you care about them before they die than it is giving them to them afterwards. And if you are the one who is going through a tough time, if you got a tough one happening right now, whether it's a tough hour a tough day, a tough week, a tough month, a tough year, and you are thinking about reaching out to talk about it or getting any kind of help, stop thinking about it. Make the move. Just make the move. Stop thinking about it. The fact that you're even thinking about it is a measure of how much you matter to yourself. Grab on to that really hard and do not go gentle into that good night. Now that we have that out of the way, a quick note from the dildo chronicles what next year one of my uh one of my new year's resolutions which are bullshit by the way resolutions are fucking bullshit but one of my resolutions that i'm not going to keep is that i'm going to do better on segues god damn it no promises so at work i won a contest for sales i made the top sales of whatever and there was a list of the people who were like top five there were five different toys all right. Each toy sounded really awesome, sounded like something, you know, that I, I could maybe utilize in a situation, except the last one on the list, which was a vibrating, inflating butt plug. 
guess which one I received in the mail. Oh yeah. So right next to me on my desk, I have a vibrating butt plug. I don't know. I'm never going to use it. I Maybe I can do a contest or something for, for you crazies and whoever, I don't know, gets them. I, I have no idea. I'll, if you want a vibrating butt plug, reach out to me, Atomic Skull Podcast at gmail.com. You know, reach out to me and maybe we'll see if I can get it to you because it's just going to collect dust here. It should be used by somebody who's going to love it. What I will tell you is if you are in the market for a toy, something that I have found out recently is that most of the fancier toys that are being made right now have a travel mode that you can enable so that your device doesn't start to vibrate during your airport visit and turn your trip through TSA into a fucking Vince Vaughn movie. I like this job, man. I want to give a shout out to the only job I've ever had that I can look my customer in the eye and genuinely tell them that they can shove my product right up their ass. Before I get out of here, I wanted to do a quick recap of my trip back home to the Bay Area. Temperature-wise, it got somewhere between Santa's beverage cooler and Witch's tit, so that, that was a nice little treat. We got a rental car, and if you remember when I talked about last time we went down to California, we got upgraded to from like a compact car to a Dodge Challenger for free, which was one of the most amazing things that has ever happened to me. This time, we were waiting in line for like 25 minutes, and it was late. It was like 9 o'clock, which is late for you know a rental car place, and every single person in front of us was a dickhead. And it was they were dickheads because it was their fault. One of them didn't bring their ID. One of them didn't bring a credit card with their name on it. One of them made a rental reservation at the wrong freaking desk. Like, Everybody were assholes, except for us. We got up there. We had all our shit ready. We had our our reservation number ready. We had our credit cards ready. We had our IDs ready, all our answers ready. And the guy who helped us, he was the manager. He was very sweet. He handed us the keys at the end of the transaction. And he said, you guys, I have a ton of compact cars, but I upgraded you guys to a mini SUV. What a sweetheart that guy was. While I was up in California, I got to see my old high school English teacher. He and I are still in touch because of the social medias, which is very nice. The last time I went down, I saw him for the first time in many, 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 I'm not going to tell you how many years since he taught me, but we caught up and we took a very, very, very deep dive into music. My beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, was with us the first time and I've told you this before, and I mean it. Girl is no slouch when it comes to music. She knows her music. It's one of the reasons that I fell for her, particularly the first time she and I met. But my high school teacher and I were going hard. We were going really hard into like old L.A. punk 1980s pre-hair metal stuff. And she was lost. She was so lost. So... This time, she joined us for a little while, but her parents were actually around. They came up with us, so her parents came and um, picked her up. And as soon as that happened, uh, me and the uh, the old English teacher there got right back into the deep dive, and, and bo- we went even further. He was telling me about MTV shows 
on in like 83, 84, 85 that I didn't even know fucking existed. It was awesome. I always learned so much. I think you're listening whenever you do listen. Thanks, man. Thanks for all that education. That was pretty great. I got to catch up with my family. Most of my family lives up there. My amazing grandmother, who we've talked about her awesomeness often on the show. I got to see her. She is like any other grandma man she's she's getting older but she's doing really good she's she's making her best making her best life right now and uh the main event my brother my younger brother got married which is why i went up there it was a beautiful wedding he looked very handsome he wore a pirate hat from the moment i saw him on the day of the wedding until the moment i left the dude did not take his pirate hat off once and i fucking love him for it his wife hand made her dress from scratch it looked beautiful it was a gorgeous sunset ceremony overlooking the water my brother wrote down his own vows which i thought was great they're they're actually fucking good the fact that he wrote his own vows is awesome the fact that they were good was even better my wedding vows were 10 long excruciating minutes of thinly veiled dick jokes his vows were about two two and a half minutes and said everything that i said in 10 except way better he made it sound like poetry and he didn't mention dicks not one single time i'm so proud of you congratulations to my brother and his new wife i'm going to call them mr and mrs president for making the biggest mistake of their lives and um i i wish you guys a lot of happiness i love you guys the reception they were blasting acdc and they had a fucking tater tot bar 10 out of 10 what more can i say right and that is going to do it for me this week and it is going to do it for me for the year no new episode next week you guys i hesitate to say that i'm going to be taking a week off i'm still going to be writing i'm still going to be working on my dual microphone issue because of reasons you're going to find out in the coming weeks and months i'm going to be doing some of some stuff some stuff with sound um tweaking a few nipples here and there i will be doing some baking for the first holiday season in several years and taking Mrs. What's-Her-Name on our annual holiday, which I'm super excited for. Every year we have a tradition where we go to one of those crazy Christmas enema places where they shove the holidays right up your ass, and then afterwards we go to a restaurant we've never gone to before. This year our date is also going to include a movie with blue people swimming in 3D. I will definitely be giving you guys a review on that when I get back to this whole business next year. And I want to say thank you for all of it this year i've been doing this for four months i've been doing this for four months it just feels like it's a part of my life that i never want to give up and you guys have encouraged me you have supported me you have done just so beautifully at being yourselves and i really appreciate it if you've missed some episodes take the week off to catch up encourage friends loved ones families spouses husband wives girlfriends boyfriends plugs sneaky links hairdressers doms submissives to listen follow me on instagram at atomic skull podcast rate me five stars on spotify and on apple quick note if you have a dom you're gonna have to ask them really really nicely and if you are a dom you don't have to ask at all i am already 
pre-hungover thinking about the plans I have next year for the show and the trouble that I am going to be getting myself into. I hope you are looking forward to that as much as I am. I hope you enjoyed last week's powerhouse Christmas song. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. And I do have one more Christmas song this week for the song of the week. It is a whole ass vibe in itself. It is called Merry Christmas, Mary Jane by Katie Pruitt, recommended to me by my English teacher. Fucking awesome, man. You are going to want to find the song ASAP because it is a Christmas lights low smoke sesh song that you are going to put on repeat if you are into that sort of thing easiest way to find it is go to atomic skull podcast songs of the week playlist on spotify it is there ready and waiting to fill your ear holes make sure that you guys leave out milk and cookies for yourselves it is called medium pimpin and you are worth it enjoy some milk and cookies it's the fucking holidays have a great time have a relatively safe and fun new year i am going to be back to give it to you hard for 2023 on monday january 2nd you can count on that apologies to my mother-in-law and i gotta know how are you doing